After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my fathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. All right, folks, it's uh, it's not Friday for me anymore, <laughs> but it may be for you. And, uh, well, it feels like uh, two streams in one day for me. And, look, the simple fact is that I'm not I'm not keeping up with the, the science that I, sh- I should be. And I'm trying to cover too many, too many things. And I've got a weekend uh, basically booked up tomorrow, Sunday, Monday. No, not Monday my time tuesday my time and uh <laughs> look uh there's been uh, a stream put out I, and let's say that I'm, I'm i'm only doing this because i think it's um such important information that i want to yeah, just give it give a bit of comment on and use the time as well to do some science and um what i, what I want to look at is a stream that mark who's tonic live dropped earlier today and we're, we're, he <laughs> eviscerates Robert Malone's narrative. And when someone's been spinning BS at the levels uh, of the network, or the key nodes in the network that he has, uh, the... <laughs> 
you've got to look at him. You've got to go through it with a fine, fine tooth comb. And if there's anything that points to premeditation um, in de facto biowarfare that's been unleashed too, uh, whatever systems they want into place so they can always keep their place at the trough. And uh, Jimmy, good to see you, bro. I haven't seen you in a while. Hope things are well. Hope your mum's doing okay. Um, the, so the we're going to take a look at that a little bit. Just again, I, I want to I want to just give a little bit of commentary. Maybe I can add a little bit of clarification to it, perhaps. And then we're going to switch into some neuroscience. And now I'll rush this because it's two a.m. already, and I've got a stream lined up. <laughs> <laughs> nine hours and I got sleep and do 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 that kind of shit human uh human stuff all right uh let's uh let's crack on oh no before we crack on uh I can uh say it is Friday folks it's feed the blick day gotta keep the plantation running smooth and uh poor uh, <laughs> poor Simon he had covid he's had covid this week again um, he seems to be through the worst of it, and um, the <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, it's part of the it's part of the landscape now, and so it is what it is. We'll see where we'll see where the chips fall. So, um, so Orlando, you can have sir, my favourite, of course, uh, the boss man himself, uh, Chemical Alley tribute tribute to uh, the bioweaponeers of for years gone by. We salute that man. Right. Um, yeah, uh, also, uh, the stream messed up with Rumble, of course, earlier. I have... I uploaded it again um, to Rumble if you want to go watch it there. But of course, the other other sites and streams are active, and of course, the uh, it's just how it is sometimes. Right, things things mess up. It's amazing. It's amazing that we can um, do what we do. Uh, terrible gastric flu for Jim's mother. Um, anyone else come across this? Sounds like norovirus to me, bro. And these are the sort of indicators, again, you know, I don't want to get pulled off on a tangent, but we want to be looking for these signals where are we seeing elevated incidents of opportunistic infection because the immune posture of the population has been impacted. And we saw the study the other day where 90, 90 workers came down with fungal infection could be nothing but but could be an indicator that we've got to we've got to grab these little data points and once you get to those you start clustering those edge cases you can start making predictions about where it is that we're going and the yeah if they have done something that's literally led to well just hope uh, doesn't impact kids too much um all right so yes we're gonna have a lot to do please 
clean. Yes. All right. So if you've wandered in here, wondered who I am, that is me. And I'm not on the screen. Uh, how how embarrassing. Wait one second. I will fix that right now. There we go. Boom. And, uh, yeah, I'm a real scientist, all, uh, all metric and whatever, whatever other things that they do to say that oh, that person has a body of work and body of work that I am proud of and makes me feel confident about breaking down the neuroscience of SARS-CoV-2. And, you know, the simple fact is that all, all the data points to, you know, what was, we thought, we thought that we were, uh, how should we say, pushing, pushing the limits. Three years ago, when uh, we were trying to raise the alarm about oh, potential uh, chimeric biology taking place, and uh, little did we know, little did we know how rancid and gross the bioweapons industry had become, and the people have been digging, and it's been a collective effort across the globe as people have brought their little pieces to the to the table and the yeah well time will tell time will tell right so uh, of course much of this is a uh, multi-dimensional gigawank of a war and uh, it is a uh, of course information war but um, far far more complex than that Maybe, maybe the aims are the same as uh, they've always been. I don't know. Wasn't around then, and we we have to survive. I have to survive if I'm going to be able to, of course, speak to you, the public, and try to um, address what are you know very very obvious psychological operations. Oh, no, maybe it's just not even psychological operations, but people just biting onto stuff and um, maybe veering off a little bit and uh you know and so I, i'm gonna try uh my best to be as honest as possible and try to keep others as honest as possible and uh cosmic just says uh don't know for the blick let me just check if that's gone through because uh i would love the opportunity to let rip after chemical alley with uh the saddam drip he is so strong uh let me just check that but um Let's see if that was a real one or just motivation. Motivation for our blink. Oh, there it is. Wow. Uh, Marvellous. And, uh, of course, no, I did come across him, but it's uh, Saddam. Go on, Saddam. Give it to us. Oh. Such uh, such sweet, pleasant childhood memories when my TV screen was just full of people like Saddam. It <laughs> just seemed all so far away, and uh, yeah, little little did we know how much we were uh, we were being shafted <laughs> in, the, in the forever Zog War that they want to want to keep dragging you in all right uh of course uh, i've mentioned wtyl and uh, that did pick up some slack earlier today um there's a, a streaming platform there for everyone you can upload stuff i'm trying you know, I'd, I'd like it to be sort of 
OSINT useful, I guess. Uh, you know, <laughs> she got cat videos. Nick, uh, put them on fucking YouTube or TikTok. <laughs> right, let us uh, move in. So I will give a brief overview of what we're doing and why I'm focusing on dopamine at the moment. And uh, this, this is another troublesome sign. This is a large very significant change in activity now get limited slice uh, always uh, there's limitations to your experiments but um this feels legit to me and uh, the the neuroscience in me says well you know what uh, what causes these sustained uh, losses of activity well uh, dopamine. Dopamine is a critical, critical neurochemical that is uh, potentially being um, damaged by the neuroinvasive properties of SARS or the permissive lipid nanoparticle and its dubious cargo. And so um, we've looked at this, which was no, not that one, this one, and just to remind everyone, detection of SARS-CoV-2 viral proteins and genomic sequences in human brainstem nuclei. Now, you know, actually, as I'm kind of flipping through this, I, I made a mistake, and so I want to just, I, I think I addressed it the other day, but uh, perhaps I didn't. Uh, well, and my concern was that they hadn't stained for spike protein, and... I missed this bit of that because I've brushed past the methods very, very quickly. And that's a that's a tip when you're really uh, getting the knack for reading these papers is to check methods. Right. And because I'm trying my best to keep this and it takes a lot of effort to to read a paper and do and do the response in real time and yeah expect an error yeah go but you have to go back read it a few times but they did um they did test for spike protein and it's and i want to say it was rt pcr but um again i'm gonna have to go through that uh, please please just remind me because i'm uh as i say dissatisfied with how i relate this particular paper there was um i think i got the rest of it uh, nailed on and you know the critical point is yeah they see uh <laughs> they see those viral proteins in the in the mid midbrain that <laughs> blows my mind man blows my mind and of course uh in vitro studies backing it up and uh yeah that's literally the uh, domain that we're in it's and this what I, what we've been talking about the the targeting of the dopaminergic system is if well <laughs> i think i think in the bayesian analysis we can uh, we can edge our bets on this one and say with high high confidence that the there was malicious intent in everything that we've seen unfurl right 
Um, uh, what could it be? Just the nature of uh, emergent properties of these complex systems interacting at multiple levels, and <laughs> potentially. But um, I'm I'm not so trusting. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. And uh, the ouch, ouch. Um, the This is what this is why I think what Mark you know Mark is a lethal weapon in this fight. He's brilliant. He's been and he's been at the front lines from day one, picking apart and doing what he does so well, which is you know to laze and pick out individual key individuals in these networks. You know, do I agree with everything that Mark pulls to the table? No, but I put a lot of weight into what Mark says. Um, he puts the hours in. I know, like I've spoken to him many an hour, and you know, I've I I know, um, I know him. That's that's what I can say, and I um, I consider him a friend and um, a very well, as I said, his when he's pointing at something, look at it and take that evidence and look at it again and again and again because um, it's probably going to point you in directions and save you some time wasting. And so let's get into that. So, of course, I want to do this, uh, which is just plug his website, Houstonic Live. Um, there's links to all his channels. He's, like I say, he's getting banned left, right, and strikes left, right, and center. He's doing a good job of staying up on YouTube. I, <laughs> I give that one up. Um, I am fighting uh, on there. And um, please, if you're unfamiliar with Mark, um, go and go and support, or at least watch the streams and spread spread the information so there's the link and i want to get into his stream here which is episode 207.5 um he's got a well you know it's, it's classes of streams right because sometimes he's doing stuff about um radio emissions and cell towers and um, what uh, you know, the risks, the risks that they could potentially pose to your health, and you know, computing, and he's, he covers a broad range of topics into exquisite detail. And uh, the and this one, uh, <laughs> Ditra domain, more evidence to defend Peter Bregin, absurd ADE twenty twenty paper dates and. Yeah, that kind of sums up what we're going to look at. And, you know, I've made my thoughts known about the what, what I consider, again, why, why would you sue someone for 25 million for a difference of opinion? And you know, I've, I, I don't know, maybe I've missed some articles, but the Breggins seem, yeah, they're committed. Um, I think the motivations are in the right place. Um, I can't say I agree with all their um, 
analyses, but uh, again, you know, <laughs> at the moment, if people are firing in the right direction, uh, it lets me uh, advance another uh, <laughs> crater. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll take it and use it. And look, the same applies to uh, old Bob Malone, old Doc Bob Malone. Um, he says at the moment a lot of, well, you know, a good, good COINTEL operation, right? They want to feed you a bunch of truth and uh, to cover up a bit of a, well, not a bit, but a, a, a far, far larger lie. And... Maybe, like I said earlier, you know, there's redemption should be for everyone, or the option should be there, and you know how we how we uh, deliver that. I guess will come down to well, I hope courts, I hope courts, and maybe maybe Bob Malone just was thinking, oh, this this program is uh, spinning out of control I don't want anything to do with it maybe maybe that's the case but uh, maybe he's in there as uh, um, uh, a Pied Piper type trying to pull people away not really looking at the issues and Mark of course is laser focused on Remdesivir and uh, yes it's a um, it's got a large, large casualty list associated with it. Um, but that, that's enough sort of preamble. Um, let's, let's get into what Mark's saying. And I think we'll probably watch about five, ten minutes of this. Um, but I want to... Look, it's, it's just had 87 views on BitChute. This needs to get out there. You need to take this link... I'll put that link in the chat for you and you need to spread it out and tell people as well that they should um, listen to this. Now, look, Mark is a very, very even individual. Right? He's, not, um, he's not one usually for verbose acting up in front of the camera like I do and, you know, I've... A lot of mine is just for entertainment purposes, just to uh, keep the keep the Coon Army uh, happy. Uh, but he's he's genuinely upset in this stream, and so yeah, just fair warning for you. All right, so let's let's proceed. People, good Americans, good Americans, getting sued for what? Even if they said something that there was a disagreement of, you don't sue for twenty five million dollars. You don't sue an elderly couple for twenty five million dollars. No, you don't. And like I say, uh, I called this uh, mass formation hypothesis bullshit from day one, and because it's it's non quantitative and can just be flipped around. Either side can hurl it at the other, and so therefore it's of it's of no particular use. And you know, psychobabble though has a way of uh, capturing ideologues in particular, and uh, here here we find ourselves. Um, but uh, it's. You don't do something like that. I agree, Mark. Let him have it. Uh, you don't do something like that if you own a horse farm. <laughs> Which he does. <laughs> he does. And, and have the fact that you are, you are responsible for $8 billion of defense contracts. He's actually said 10. Just to uh, throw that in there. $10 billion of defense contracting. 
10 billion. Not 10 million. 10 billion. <laughs> I picked the wrong subject areas, man. Contracts <laughs> during your career. You don't do something like that. I don't even really understand. You know, wait, 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 Nick. He manages the Knights of Malta stables. What? Like the, the Knights of Malta. <laughs> In the Mediterranean. Is that is that true? Holy shit. Yeah, man. Everything about him is fucking suspect, man. <laughs> that nigga glows, bro. That's who the horses are for? Is that fucking true? No shit. No fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, those uh, ancient bloodlines, man. There's <laughs> Madden, but the difference is of the. I don't care. You just don't. This is a stupid thing. So, on here. On here, there is a typo. There's a typo on this this page, okay? Uh, and I want to bring attention to the Peter Briggins about it. There's a typo on here. Uh, and the ty and uh, but a typo is going to bring our attention to something really interesting. So one of their footnotes on here is a research paper that was written by Darrell Rickey and Robert Malone, called "Medical Countermeasures Analysis." Countermeasures analysis sounds a lot like domain. Countermeasures analysis of uh, in 2009. Everyone's, everyone's. Heckles should um, light up or, or bristle when you start hearing this countermeasures language. It's it, that that's what's dragged us into this fucking mess, man. <laughs> Nineteen and COVID novel coronavirus and vaccine risks for antibody dependent enhancement ADE. All right, and it says, so first of all, the, the error on here is the date. This says January 20th. Now, first off, no one was even sick in the United States in, uh, until uh, end of January. So how, what's this guy doing, this deep dive analysis on his foreign writing papers for? Well, you know, just for the caveat, Mark, that uh, <laughs> it was probably circulating far, far earlier. And um, look, those Ivali deaths, they've got to be dug up. You need to find those. Well, they probably didn't. <laughs> those bodies. People think they're in the ground. They probably went and dug them up and uh, threw them in incinerators. <laughs> Burned the evidence and uh, got rid of any samples in the hospitals. I bet you. <laughs> just mark my words. Mark my words. So we can dig into that a little bit and realize that there is a... Um, there's actually a typo, okay? And the typo is really from ResearchGate. ResearchGate says that it's a January 2020 document. In reality, the preprint is March 3rd, 2020. It's still really damn early. Yes. Very early, considering, considering how much we know now how they were curating the information, how they were working in the background to squelch talk of lab origins to the point where um charles put out a not a tweet whatever this thing is on substack now another another bit of social media to follow um and yeah you fight on as many fronts as you can right 
harass the enemy. But uh, the simple fact is, there's an email from Fauci in February basically saying the lab origin, whatever, will lose its shine in times. Times with an S. Now... We know Fauci is um, drenched in blood right now. Has been, has been for decades, that poisonous little fucking dwarf. But the March 3rd, we didn't know shit. We didn't know shit. Now, of course, you can make the argument that studies into SARS-like viruses had been galloping along for two decades. But, well, I'll, I'll, I don't want to steal Mark's thunder in this particular moment. Medical countermeasures analysis for SARS coronavirus 2019 and vaccine risks for antibody dependent enhancement. So the findings are blah, 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 blah. Interpretation. Safety testing of COVID-19 S protein-based B cell vaccines in animal models is strongly encouraged prior to clinical trials to reduce the risk of antipod, uh, was it uh, antibody dependent? Um, B cell vaccines and trying to reduce antibody dependent enhancement which reminds me um, Centripede sent me this clip it's interesting it's from the meeting where there's Denison, Barrick uh, a few others and um, God, where's it gone there it is. Little, little something about um. One dial combinations. We aged them for a year, vaccinated half of them, and then challenged with virus. And this is about 2,400 mice total in this in this experiment. Next slide. Um, when you look at the results in yellow, it means that the vaccine protected from lethal infection. Green is the vaccine protected either from uh, uh, lethal infection or pathology or disease. Uh, black uh, means that the vaccine really had little impact, and red means that the vaccine resulted in an increased immune pathology and mortality in the animal. And so they're seeing, um, well, the, the well-known phenomenon of the uh, antibody-dependent enhancement. It didn't, it didn't matter what approach they used with SARS virus, um, that animals upon reinfection had a had a had a bad time and the wow didn't he say 2300 mice it says 1860 there lazy lazy i won't even update your slides but maybe i misheard animals so in this case in an outbred population the prediction would be that that vaccine would have caused uh, increased mortality in some individuals the end increased mortality in some individuals therefore not 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 safe now i don't know if there's <laughs> follow on to that where he says ah oh, well this uh, this particular approach the uh, the mice were uh, tickety boo and uh, doing mousy things with uh, nary a blip on the uh, on the diagnostic panel all right so let's uh, let's get into this dependent enhancement 
upon virus exposure. So this is uh, it goes through a lot of details. Wait, 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 wait. Funding statement. U.S. Air Force contract number. (laughs) The same U.S. Air Force that's uh, putting out tenders to make sure that they get synovial fluid from Slav Rutskis, not Ukrainians. (laughs) So, so bad, man. At the we, we can look at the full document here. Open the PDF in the browser, right? Here it is. Uh, it was in the Lancet. The Lancet, kind of a big deal. Preprint, right? Um, and- yeah, it, it is for the Lancet to at least accept it onto their servers. You've got past the first obstacle. So, again, um, we know about the Lancet now and all the shenanigans they have got up to over the last three years. Um, I'm, well, none of the journals of <laughs> coming out of this smelling of roses at all. And what will shock you? Is look, look at this. How many pages of single space, single spacing, single spacing with 138 references? That is a pretty well sourced, very thick paper from March 3rd, 2020, talking about antibody. Uh, 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 and look, just to give uh, some inside knowledge. When you're writing a paper, there's styles that you uh, are required to stick to, and they're very particular about the number of references that you can include, typically. If it's a a manuscript describing new experimental results, 50 maybe would be a large number for that type of study if you're doing a review study you get into that 150 130 150 range so this appears to me to be uh, somewhat of a review paper and review papers take uh, take time (laughs) because you should be researching and knowing and um making sure that the data that you're putting in concords with the tenor of your subject matter. So it is, Mark is right, this does seem to be a very dense and comprehensive piece of work. And look, if I'm gunning it, and I'm pushing myself to get a paper out, six weeks... I would say of constant, oh, constant work. I mean, not, <laughs> not on the uh, potato field <laughs> pulling spuds out. Peace, <laughs> funny. Is the chat stopped working? Am I still streaming? I've noticed it's uh, it's gone very quiet. Um, it seems to be working. Okay, uh, just it's good to know. Just as long as you're listening. Uh, and, uh... All right. Dependent enhancements. And of course, it's, uh, there's no mention of any lab issue here. It's all zoonotic. Um, and yeah, imagine that. And uh, of course, it talks about MERS and SARS and all, et cetera. Uh, talks about the, uh, the ACE2. Uh, there's a lot of really specific stuff in here. I mean, Robert Malone was really, he was really way ahead. Now, 
note that Robert Malone, uh, the date of this release, uh, what's this, uh, March 3rd, 2020, the Boston Biogen event had just happened. It just happened in, uh, I think it was February 27th or 28th. Which was a super spreader event. Now, <laughs> Mark often suggests that Malone was the super spreader index patient. Maybe. Maybe. I don't think we'll ever know. Um, the... But, you know, it's just... Uh, that lightning just keeps striking twice. More than twice. So he went to the Boston Biogen event where he probably was the first person sick. He might have actually been himself the super spreader. An odd, a bit of a, a, an oddity there given the fact that he just wrote How to Not Get Coronavirus, a book that he co-wrote with uh, Jill Glasspool Malone in, uh, in January 2019. Uh, but we also know that right around this time is he actually, he is in the Washington Post, he said that he treated his own, his own, his own COVID with Fomotidine, with Pepsid AC. He pops some Pepsid AC. It's recorded in the Washington Times, not Washington Times, Washington Post. Washington Times is a interesting newspaper, but Washington Post. And so, and in here they talk about the uh, the data set that they used, okay, to uh, assess the risk of antibody enhancement, okay. And again, all oh, there's lots and lots and lots of data in here. Let's see if I can actually find the link. I have it on saved on the side if we need it. I mean, I don't know where he found the time to do all of this. And of course, here's the uh, you know the happy little models. It's almost as if Vincent uh, Vincent uh, Ranconiello was there uh, uh, to uh, to do the color by numbers with him uh, on this one here. So cute. Well, you know, I will say that often in in a scientific environment, you're going to be presenting slides, and often you'll make figures for that, and you know that looked like a very sort of uh, boilerplate type figure just to illustrate mechanisms and i imagine that that one could have just been ready for the pew, quick draw and put it in there just so it's not the it, it's different to any other use of similar type of figure you can't use the same figure as has been used in other other published research so um but but all these molecules, the 3D modeling, which appears to be a fair bit, um, I would imagine takes a significant amount of compute time. And you would, I don't know, well, I'm in a scientific Discord chat is not coming through. Ah. All right, uh, yeah, Restream has crashed. Bah! All right, let, let me just try and figure that out. All right, so... Test. It was coming through, right? I saw it working. Okay, it's coming through. Uh, maybe I should just see if I've missed any questions in there, because there was... Uh, chat. Okay, that did that. Um, do, 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 do. 
Okay, so Centipede says, and the individual sitting next to Barrack or Giddy is Jerry Weir with the title of Director of the Division of Viral Products, Office of Vaccines Research and Review with the U.S. Food and Drug Administration Center for Biologics, Evaluation and Research. And biologics is a very, very specific term, meaning technologies like lipid nanoparticle encased genetic material um, you know, thrown in there for whatever your project goals are but yeah but it's a good data point all right so that did that that did that all right so i think we're working cool so let us uh, let mark carry on uh look at all these models look at all those pictures in sequences etc but what this paper references is uh, a data set at Harvard, okay? This is the supposedly the source data set for this, that he wrote this paper with Daryl Rick, a preprint, March 3rd, 2020. Now, the data set that's referred to is this is from Harvard. It's still online. And it's actually called COVID-19, 2019 novel coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2 data sets, medical countermeasures analysis of... Uh, uh, the novel coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, uh, by Dale Ricke, all right? And the, uh, the, 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 the files, I've uh, looked at them, these .mfa files. I don't know what format they're in. Uh, but this stuff was uploaded on February 26, 2020. This data set was uploaded. Now, what I don't understand is, was this very long paper with 130 references and all these diagrams, was this very long paper that was only written that was only uh, uh, pre-printed on March 3rd, 2020. Did this source data that was only posted on February 26, 2020? Or did they have the data? Had, did they have these data sets somewhere else, right? And then they uploaded the data sets to Harvard, right? Because they wanted it available somewhere for the document to reference. I don't know what, I don't know, uh, it's a little bit of a chicken and egg thing, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I don't know what exactly came first. I reached out to a couple people. I didn't get an answer. Um, I'm not being blown off. It's just a lot of people have a lot of stuff. Um, someone's got a link to that um, particular page. Uh, I'll, I'll go and have a look at it. I don't know what an MF file, MFA file is. Um, tabular data. I mean, I'm presuming 1ABE1. Potentially, these are the, yeah, it says polyprotein 1AB, and I can't see the bottom one. But so I would imagine that they're the files that you're putting into some program where you can obviously twist and rotate and look at your model in 3D. So the, the, the possibility is there that, you know, maybe maybe the computing is so quick that they can rattle this stuff out in hours. Um, maybe stuff to do, and um, you know, our uh, had other other commitments. Yeah, that's a tight turnaround, though. If 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 this data wasn't just uploaded until February twenty sixth, and then this document is written on the twenty seventh. Excuse me. Oh, I just gave something away. On March third, two thousand twenty. That means there was only a week turnaround time. Only a week. To make, to make a document like that. Oh, boy. And this is where it just gets a whole lot more interesting. 
Okay, so we're going to save the document. I've already saved it, by the way. God bless you. And we are going to go to, we're going to open it up in PDF. Hopefully I have a PDF license on this computer. Please tell me I do. Uh, one second. I haven't, oh, I haven't opened my, come on, where is it? Please open. Ah, excellent. There. Uh, Dank Beam says MFA multimedia fusion application is the file format used by multimedia fusion an app creation platform it contains source code for a video game or other application created using fusion. Isn't fusion some Adobe platform? Never used it. There we go. There we go. There it is. Okay. So now I'm opening it in the PDF, the Lancet article, the preprint. Here's the deal, all right, because if you go to File Properties, you will see that this document was created on February 27th at 4.52 in the afternoon and has not been modified since. There are, there's ways to hack everything, all right, but that's not something that you would hack like that. If anything, you would hack dates of a new document to look older, right? What this means is that when this data set was posted on February 26th on the Harvard site, this uh, uh, medical countermeasures analysis, which actually sounds very domainish to me, but I don't really know where this stuff was run. It says uh, SARS-CoV-2 viral protein, multiple sequence alignments, and flux variation analysis, February 2nd, 20, uh, February, excuse me, February 26, 2020. If this stuff wasn't available or completed, that means that somehow or another, this document was written within 24 hours. And look, man, I don't care how many PIs and postdocs and slide decks you've got ready to um, throw figures in. Um, it would be impossible, impossible to make that document. No way, no how, never. And this sh should be a, r a massive red flag for people. Anyone working in the science, especially science publishing domain, uh, if you've had to run the gamut of trying to get manuscripts published, etc., you you know what goes into getting those right. And... There's, there's a. Well, Mark's going to get to what it obviously means, but um, I'm sure most of you have twigged already. And I, and and look, I'm no, uh, I'm not a molecular biologist, but I'll tell you what. No one can write a document like this in 24 hours with 138 references. What we're showing here, to, to summarize, are documents which makes it looks as if the assessment by Ricke and Malone was written weeks or months ahead of time and not released as preprints until March 3rd of 2020. Not only that, but compound this to what was discussed earlier.
compound this to the George Webber and uh, a shorter video from before that shows Robert Malone's buddy, Ira Longini, was at best knowledgeable of who leaked CDC data from the middle of February of 2020. Worst case scenarios about millions and millions and millions of people dying to the New York Times, which the New York Times printed and caused panic. Or at worst case, Ira Longini is the person that leaked that data or was part of a small team. And this paper precedes the proximal origins of SARS-CoV-2 by 17th, 3rd, well, that's approximately two weeks. So two weeks earlier than the proximal origins paper. And that's, that's literally what you would expect in the time frame from their meetings to them putting out that paper like January, February, mid-January, February, and into March. That's, that sounds about right for uh, getting a paper with multiple authors and back and forth and checking and rechecking. And, you know, you go, you're going into nature medicine. You better have all your ducks lined up in a row, right? And this comes two weeks earlier. It seems to have been created in a day it seems very very suspect now if i <laughs> could wave a magic wand i want to see the interaction between those two authors as they've passed this document backwards and forwards to each other oh, sorry that data must be available we must be able to see track changes. What's the majority of the source material? Now, maybe I can, I can go in and read that, um, that manuscript, and maybe it comes across as a review, a general review around coronaviruses. Maybe. Maybe it's something like that. And they've just gone in and changed coronavirus with SARS-CoV-2. And you know, perhaps it was sort of ready in the quiver as part of their business planning, etc. And you know, we know Robert Malone is in the uh, what should we say the countermeasures business <laughs> racket, whatever you want to call it. And this, yeah, it seems a little odd. And um, yeah, you know, I, I haven't had time to look at it, but. I'm I'm going with Mark's instinct here. He is a pro at looking at this type of metadata. That knowingly leaked that data that caused the frenzy. This is the stuff that we are not supposed to talk about. Otherwise, we're not on the same team. We are supposed to shut up, bend over, and take it. Otherwise, we're not on the same team. We're supposed to accept this and be thankful for what we get. A little nugget, a little scrap off the table every once in a while. Maybe a little, well, China's bad. Or Fauci wasn't so great. A little nugget, a little crumb. This is what we are supposed to take. There is no way on earth, there is no way that this document was written based upon that data set in 24 hours. 
and then they went a whole week with no edits before the preprint? I could see maybe, maybe Robert Malone sold one of his horses for, uh, for an Ozzy Osbourne portion of cocaine and decided to go at it for a whole week. Maybe they would have cranked something out. Maybe. <laughs> But there's no way that they would have been able to get that document done. The only way this stuff gets done is this stuff is all premeditated. The leak was premeditated to the New York Times. The data sets were made ahead of time. The documents were written ahead of time. And then you have the effing audacity. Now, dank memes, that is something that sort of crossed my mind. That in, the, in this particular, <laughs> excuse the pun, domain, that perhaps... They did have a beta chat GPT. Maybe. Maybe. I've tinkered with chat GPT now for a month. And uh, yeah, it, it will crank up your productivity for writing manuscripts. I, I would advise the <laughs> very thorough checking of the references that it spits out. Maybe. Maybe. I can't discount it, but this was 2020. GPT was very weak at the time. Maybe, but, you know, I'm sure there are other, um, how should we say, non-commercial versions available. I'm sure of that. But I don't, yeah, it probably wasn't chat GPT itself, but maybe in that military environment, they have these tools available or had these tools available. And that's how they were able to maintain a, a air of predominance over the field because it just it's hard work. It's a lot of human hours to write a well-crafted manuscript. The audacity to go on the Wiseman Show, the audacity to say that you're being transparent and people better understand the risks of the vaccine, knowing all the time, you jerk, that you were part of fabricating this thing. You, Robert Malone, and whoever else you work with are part of fabricating this thing. Do you know how many Americans died in rehabilitation centers? Do you know how many died? Their addictions came back? Unable to work, isolated from family in 2020? Why, you're doing this freaking hoax based upon this bullshit? Do you know how many people died? Did you know the number of drug overdose deaths surged from 65,000 to 97,000 in 2020, all the way up to 118,000? Oh, uh, I don't want to <laughs> stop Mark Midran. And uh, maybe maybe you should watch the whole stream. We've got, we've got the point there that um, the documents are suspect in this particular area. It's, uh, again, what's the meme I have in the beginning? Uh, <laughs> I'm not a deep state operative. I'm not a deep state operative. The lady doth protest too much. And, uh, yes, for Monkey Kings, uh, you can have... Well, we're going to have something different. Uh, let's see. What can we have? Uh, hey. You've had enough? 
I love that one. All right, all right. So, yes, I highly, highly recommend going there. Um, he does a uh, intense uh, bit about uh, the self that uh, I don't know how old she is. But <laughs> I said the other day, man, um, <laughs> I don't get a vote or anything, and uh, I don't. I, don't, I try not to take it too seriously. But <laughs> American politics is fucking hilarious sometimes. <laughs> everyone, everyone just uh, clamoring, clamoring for the uh, their bit of the pie. Selfishness is a virtue. <laughs> All right, uh, I promised some neuroscience, and uh, we want to get into this. Um, I'm interested to see if. Uh, their model, uh, 2D and 3D uh, preparations, I guess we'll call them that, um, have dopaminergic cells in. Now, you know, I'm pretty convinced by the published data that the astrocyte is, is a target, right? Because the astrocyte is sort of juts up against the blood-brain barrier, right? And that's an easy route in. Now, what has to happen, though, is that that viral particle has to spew into the parenchyma and uh, start attracting the attention of uh, microglia. And... We know, we know it's laser focused for DC sign receptors. All right, so the original strain of SARS-CoV-2, the Delta variant and the Omicron variant infect microglia efficiently in contrast to their inability to infect neurons analysis using 2D and 3D cultures. Yeah, yeah, cells causes uh, respiratory stuff, and we're going to get uh, something saying, oh, it's, uh, it can uh, affect the central nervous system, imagine that. Uh, furthermore, SARS-CoV-2 mutations occur constantly, and it's not well understood how the infectivity of the virus to cells of the CNS changes as the virus mutates. Few studies have examined whether the infectivity of cells, neural stem progenitor cells, neurons, astrocytes, and microglia varies among SARS-CoV-2 mutant strains. In this study, therefore, we investigated whether SARS-CoV-2 mutations increase infectivity to CNS cells, including microglia. Since it was essential to demonstrate the infectivity of the virus to CNS cells in vitro, using human cells, we generated cortical neurons, astrocytes, and microglia from human-induced pluripotent stem cells. Um, so, yeah, as I, as I said, it, it can't speak to infection of this very, very critical um, monoamine Nucleus in the midbrain, dopaminergic substantia nigra pars compactor. <laughs> you know, if you're uh, unable to convince your target to snort up a dose of MPTP, you've got to find other ways in there to uh, mess with their dopaminergic signaling. Maybe they found a way. Maybe it was just fluke. Maybe just nature threw out uh, a curveball for mankind. I don't know. Um, but 
you know, we keep seeing a lot of sketchy activity from uh, the big, big players. All right, we added pseudotyped lentiviruses of SARS-CoV-2 to each type of cells, and then we examined their infectivity. We've prepared three pseudotyped lentiviruses expressing the S protein of the original strain, the first SARS-CoV-2 discovered in the world. Yeah, so pseudovirus particles are, um, they're not generally infective going through the life cycle of the virus. It, it, it's, a, it's a model system. And uh, <laughs> I don't know which particular lentivirus, but uh, HIV is a popular one. <laughs> so, you know, I've, I would have to dig into this literature just to say that, well, you know, do the other proteins on that lentivirus uh, expression system, do they cause the... Uh, the microglia to I don't know begin their migration to the spots where the virus has landed in the brain. It's in my mind it's a potential possibility. Um da, 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 da. Doc, this former CIA officer says the kid didn't even have clearance to enter the building where these docs are housed, let alone have access to read them. Uh, you're talking about the documents uh, that were released about Ukraine war. Yes, um, I do have um, more documents than what's generally out in the public domain right now. And... When I speak with Chaz on Sunday, is it Sunday? Yes, Sunday, my time. Um, I I, I want to go through them and just see what um see what he feels about them. So, uh, where were we? Where were we? So we prepared three pseudotype lentiviruses expressing the S protein of the original strain, the first SARS-CoV-2 discovered in the world the Delta variant and the Omicron variant on their envelopes and analysed differences of their ability to infect CNS cells. We also generated brain organoids and investigated the infectivity of each virus. The virus did not infect cortical neurons, astrocytes, or neural stem cells. Is that what that uh, NSPC? I guess that's what that means. But uh, microglia were infected by the original Delta and Omicron pseudotyped virus. Uh, yeah, it's neural stem cells, progenitor cells. Uh, but, 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 but microglia were infected by original Delta, Omicron, and pseudotype viruses. In addition, DPP4 and CD147 potential core receptors of SARS-CoV-2 were highly expressed in the infected microglia. Or DPP4 expression was deficient in cortical neurons. And DPP4 is the MERS version. Right. And again, uh, this whole industry seems very, very suspect to me. And I would advise caution <laughs> when, uh, how should we say, <laughs> in, its, uh, in its orbit, <laughs> it's, in its sphere of influence. Our results suggest that DPP4, which is also a receptor for middling. Okay, we did that. Um, 
Our study is applicable to the validation of the infectivity of viruses, yada, yada, yada. Okay, um, so COVID-19 introduction has been reported to cause central nervous system damage with clinical findings, including encephalitis, necrotizing encephalopathy, and cognitive dysfunction. Resulted in pulse control disorders. Huh? The clinical features are diverse, including brain fog. Uh, in those with long COVID, although systemic inflammation and abnormal immune cell dynamics caused by COVID-19 have been associated with such neurological damage. Well, and, and again, this is a, um, it's the reductive view of the West as the body is separated systems such that what happens in one doesn't mean it's going to be uh, it's not going to be reflected uh, in the brain but you know something something as complex as the immune system we know that there are direct brain interactions with it um we should uh <laughs> we should just keep that in mind i guess uh so where was i it's not yet fully understood whether SARS-CoV-2 can directly infect cells of the nervous system. RNA viruses such as SARS-CoV-2 are constantly mutating and the clinical features of COVID-19 change slightly to reflect these mutations. However, it is not known how the infectivity of mutant viruses to cells with the CNS is altered. To verify the infectivity of mutant viruses, it is crucial to establish an in vitro system for studying viral infectivity. And again, this uh, pseudovirus approach is one that has been around for oof, I want to say 20 years maybe more um, where were we so since CNS cells are composed of multiple cell types not just neurons it's necessary to prepare various cell types to verify whether the virus is directly causing neurological damage however since the CNS cells cannot be sampled directly from the human brain establishing this type of system using conventional methods is challenging recently methods have been developed to induce not only neurons but also other CNS cells from human induced pluripotent stem cells and it is now possible to create brain organoids here we use the induction method developed by our group to generate cortical neurons, astrocytes, microglia and brain organoids. From these stem cells we examine the difference in okay. SARS-CoV-2 hardly infects cortical neurons. The cells that make up the brain include neurons, astrocytes, oligodendrocytes, micro glia, blood vessels, parasites, etc. We first focus on neurons. Various reports have indicated that SARS-CoV-2 can directly infect neurons while others report that it cannot directly infect neurons and again yeah the, the studies are mixed and the, the receptor profiles on some individuals neurons are going to differ and some people might just be more susceptible so the way of the world Since there are several legal barriers to directly handling SARS-CoV-2 in Japan, we prepared a pseudotyped lentivirus of SARS-CoV-2. The S-protein of SARS-CoV-2 was expressed in the lentivirus envelope instead of the G-protein of the... Instead? Is that what I read there? It was expressed in the lentivirus instead of the G-protein of the vas vesicular stomatitis virus. And its ability to infect CNS cells was evaluated. So whatever the G protein is in that VSVG, they've snipped it out and put in the uh, genetic code for the spike protein. And each of the, well not all of them, but the primary ones, the Wuhan, Delta, 
Omicron. To further evaluate changes in the ability of mutant viruses to affect CNS cells, free pseudotype lentiviruses were prepared. Uh, da, 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 da. The so-called Delta variant... Oh, my God, we did this. Uh, each of the SARS-CoV-2 strain or variant S protein was expressed in the envelope of these lentiviruses instead of VSVG. The fluorescent protein reporter EGFP following the EF1A promoter was used as an indicator of infection. In addition, our group previously described the generation of cerebral cortical neurons, not pan-neurons, from pluripotent stem cells. And we took advantage of it in this study. Neurons generated from the stem cells were infected with these pseudotyped lentivirus, uh, MOI, <laughs> I forgot what that was, um, it's late, it's 3am in the morning, M multiplicity of infection, something like that, uh, yeah, multiplicity of infection, and the... <laughs> The medium was changed to virus-free medium the next day and the samples were fixed and immunocytostained after two days of culture. No beta-free tubulin-positive neurons expressing EGFP were found in the samples. Okay, so the, the take-home from these slides, uh, I won't get through this quickly, is cortical neurons uh, were not, not, infected um so original strain ah, there seems to be somewhat more with the delta variant and omicron even more so what do they say here a pseudotype lentivirus the original SARS-CoV-2 strain was added to stem cells and stained with beta free tubulin a neuronal marker no expression of the reporter protein that indicates the establishment of infection was observed. Nuclei were counterstained with Hux's blue. Uh, do, 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 do. Yep. Okay. So but basically, the take home is this this slide, and uh, there's no no indicator. But Hux's I guess, is nuclei, maybe. All right, so pseudotype lentivirus of the Delta variant was added to the stem cells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we've done that. The take home being that cortical neurons are um, somewhat free. Now, this is a turn up for the books. SARS-CoV-2 hardly infects astrocytes, um, which is odd to me because we've, I think I've seen convincing studies that astrocytes do seem to be susceptible. Astrocytes act as supportive cells for neurons, and recently astrocytes have been recently recognized as a vital role player in the healthy functioning of neural networks. Some reports have linked astrocytes to disease, so we examined the ability of each lentivirus to infect astrocytes. And I guess eh, you can see a little bit of uh, green there with Delta variant, not so much the Wuhan, and eh, barely with... Uh, Omicron variant. All right, so. Since it is difficult to collect astrocytes directly from the human brain, we induced and created astrocytes from stem cells for experiments. And our group previously, oh, I read this. Oh, I previously described 
Our group previously described the highly efficient generation of astrocytes from these stem cells, and we used this technology. As in the neuron experiments, each pseudotype lentivirus was added to astrocytes, and the expression levels of the astrocytic markers GFAP and EGFP were checked after the samples were fixed. The experiment results showed no cells expressing EGFP and GFAP positive cells after the treatment of any pseudotype lentivirus. SARS-CoV-2 hardly infects uh, the stem cells themselves within cerebral organoids. And again, um, that would be counter to what they've seen in the post-mortem studies. So there's a Nature paper which says that um, the choroid plexus is a site of say, a heavy infection, but um, they did a convincing study that uh, that region seemed to be particularly susceptible and that's where you find uh, these uh, pluripotent stem cells uh, but anyway next cerebral organoids were prepared in 3d culture to examine the infectivity of each variant of lentivirus to nspc's brain organoids were cultured for 30 days and then paraffin sections were prepared and immunostained okay Yeah, you know, it doesn't look like a, <laughs> a brain. Bit, bit, a sort of amorphous blob, I guess. But anyway, moving on. And, you know, what do we see with their reporter protein? Nothing, nothing. Okay. All right. Um, SARS-CoV-2 efficiently infects microglia. Finally, we investigated the ability of the virus to infect microglia. Microglia can also be generated from uh, pluripotent stem cells. Then, unlike in the experiments with neurons, astrocytes, and NSPCs, EGFP, the reporter of the pseudotyped lentivirus was expressed in IBA1-positive microglia. Almost all IBA1 positive cells were infected by the pseudotype lentivirus of the original strain, Delta variant, and Omicron variant, with no difference in infectivity among the mutant strains. The PP4 may play a pivotal role as a receptor for SARS-CoV-2 in CNS cells. Then we examine where each virus was able to infect only microglia. Andrews et al. examined the infectivity of SARS-CoV-2 in cerebral organoids and reported that although SARS-CoV-2 does not easily infect neurons, the virus does infect astrocytes with high expression of dipeptidyl peptidase 4 and CD147. Furthermore, although angiotensin converting enzyme 2 is not entirely absent in the CNS, its expression levels are low, leading the researchers to conclude that DPP4 and CD147 are the core receptors maybe uh but anyway a, a radical difference right so um wuhan strain delta omicron and we can see this fluorescent green uh lighting up uh very very strongly and again i'm i'm a fan of immunohistochemistry i do um if you do it right and you know you're, you're careful about the compounds you you'll, you'll get good data Um, black and red looks cool yeah it does um, let's see don't forget to hit the like button and share the stream yes get that algorithm working for us folks uh, 
What's GPT about? What's it good for? Oh, I can't. <laughs> Just uh, ask Chat GPT. OpenAI.com, I think, is the address you want. Okay, so we see that. Uh, we agree that the microglia seem to be um, targeted. So, in our experimental system, we examine the expression of ACE2, DPP4, and CD147 at the transcriptome level and found that ACE2 was expressed in neurons. NSP PCs, astrocytes, and microglia at a very low level. Basigin, BSG, the gene encoding CD147 was expressed at high levels in all these cell types with average TPM values exceeding approximately 20,000. However, DPP4 was significantly higher in microglia than in other cells. The expression level was comparatively lower in non-microglial cells. These results suggest that DPP4 is an essential factor in whether SARS-CoV-2 infection is viable in cells of the CNS. Now, not necessarily. Again, um, DC sign could be the path, the pathway in uh, we'll skip that one All right so uh, it's a relatively short paper nice <laughs> It's 3 a.m. COVID-19 causes CNS damage and it is crucial to verify whether SARS-CoV-2 directly infects CNS cells and exerts toxicity to develop a therapeutic strategy. Many studies have been performed on autopsy brains, 2D cultures and organoids. Many of these studies have reported negative results regarding the direct infectivity of SARS-CoV-2 to neurons. Our current results support this conclusion. The brain organoids used in this paper by Andrew Attell did not infect stem cells or neurons and this was also true excuse me, for, neuro, for the neurons and brain organoids we generated. However, it was not well understood whether mutations in the viral S protein alter its ability to infect CNS cells, including microglia. As we have previously reported, the receptor of SARS-CoV-2, ACE2, is expressed in neurons, albeit to a low degree, and in varying amounts in different brain regions. Low ACE2 expression is also found in astrocytes and even microglia. Um... Well, yeah, I mean, m my understanding is it's like a forebrain and it's low, but as you sort of work your way back, you, you, it sort of increases and you see it in mid and uh, hindbrain, but n not, um, not massive. But, you know, I was, uh, Surprised to find ACE2 being associated with dopamine neurons. Yeah, there's plenty to find out, so keep that in mind. Microglia, the only immunocompetent cells in the brain parenchyma, have been reported to be abnormally activated by COVID-19. They showed that SARS-CoV-2 causes abnormal microglial activation in hamsters, but it was not known whether it infects microglia. We've shown that SARS-CoV-2 is capable of directly infecting human microglia. Nevertheless, if SARS-CoV-2 can directly infect microglia, it can be expected to cause abnormal microglial activation, more directly reported on a microglial cell line and showed that SARS-CoV-2 could infect microglia and even cause cell death. 
in our study, we demonstrated that even SARS-CoV-2 variants, Delta and Omicron variants can infect microglia, and that infection efficiency is unchanged. Although it's generally believed that the viral diseases are spread by mutants that are more infectious and less virulent to humans, this experiment suggests that SARS-CoV-2 can infect microglia since, it emer- since its emergence. This may be why many COVID-19-related CNS dis- disorders were reported at the time. <laughs> CNS disorders. I feel myself fading fast, folks. Limitations of the study. Using cortical slice cultures and brain organoids, Andrew Zatel reported that astrocytes are the main target of SARS-CoV-2 infection. Nevertheless, our generated astrocytes were not infected by pseudotype lentivirus and had low DPP-4 expression. The reason for this difference may be the difference in the method used to generate the astrocytes. Because the technique we use to induce astrocytes from stem cells without using transcription factors may not fully reflect all the characteristics of astrocytes in the brain. Yeah, I would think so. Since astrocytes are generated without the introduction of transcription factors in our our method, it's possible that the expression of DPP4 and other factors may not correspond to the actual expression of astrocytes in the human brain. On the other hand, microglia were generated by introducing transcription factors, and we compared our microglia with RNA sequence data from adult human microglia. DPP4 expression was compatible. Hmm... I'm not convinced of DPP4 being the critical factor here. You need you need some blockade of DPP4 before infection. Uh, where were we? So, in addition, Andrew Zatel used the SARS-CoV-2 virus itself, whereas we used a pseudotype lentivirus. <laughs> There's a big difference, of course, which may explain the difference in experimental results. Since serotype lentiviruses were used in our experiments, we were able to verify the change in infection efficiency with mutation, but not change in virulence. And then there's the methods. And, you know, unless someone's got a question that they're <laughs> dying to ask about that, it seems a pretty straightforward uh, question. There are a suite of confounding variables and again the lack of transcription factors in my mind would be a big issue because you haven't um oh you you've got the cell line i guess but they haven't they wouldn't have gone through the full maturation process and there could be um you know good evolutionary reasons for that you know the if these receptors are so sensitive, etc., you want to, I don't know, maybe it's nothing to do with infection and everything to do with um, just the uh, embryogenesis and uh, its, its pathways to maturity. I don't know. I don't, I don't know enough here. But critical factor, um, microglia. And I'm... Well, I want to say... It's just microglia, but it just does seem to be a prime, prime target. Mess up the immune system, and then you mess up everything, right? And those opportunistic infections start wreaking havoc, and it seems part of their MO, and has been for a long time. So... I guess I've uh, I've put dent in the backlog of work I've got to do. So I'm going to um, 
call it quits there. I think I'm up to date with the chat. Um, all right, yes, past 3 a.m. is not good. Uh, thank you to those that um, chipped in to help with the stream. Uh, tax evading blip will be in Mackie D's for another week. He needs a bottle of Lucas Aid as well. <laughs> it's not been, it's literally had COVID. <laughs> he did sound rough on the phone. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, have a pleasant day um, as yours begins and mine ends. And I will see you in a few hours uh, with Christy Grace and uh, the powerful, the one and only Commander Rixie. He'll be here. And um, I, don't know, I, think we're, I think we're just going to try and um, shoot through the um, the shit show that we're seeing. Um, well... I, I don't, medical countermeasures movement just seems um, <laughs> lame. Not medical countermeasures, medical freedom movement. Eh, no. I don't think it fully encapsulates the problem that we're dealing with. Sorry. All right. Uh, that's me out of here. I salute you and uh, I will see you in the next one. Uh, where's my button? All right, take care, folks. God bless. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do. I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these gaffers. I will fucking kill each fucking gaffer. I swear. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually saying. Fuck these chapters. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood, blood. Never. No. I will fucking die. Fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. All them five. This guy. Check what about that one. Turn this and turn this. Let up! 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 Let up!